Uh-huh. I know what you're thinking. Is this the booth, drafting the circuits, three-way theater or the Kevin Jackson show? Well, to tell you the truth in all this excitement, I kinda lost track myself here on Hoobazoo.com. So, do you feel lucky, punk? Oscar Mike Radio. Come in. Come in, Oscar Mike Radio. Sinister One, this is Oscar Mike. I have Ulima Charlie over. Right, folks, it is that time on a blustery night. Today is Thursday, October 26, 2017. It's 8 o'clock, which means it is time for Oscar Mike Radio. And starting with, like we've done in the past, I will start with the question of the week. And it comes from a co-worker of mine who asks, for the Marine Corps birthday and Veterans Day, are you excited about anything, anything at all? And the answer to that question is yes, absolutely. Because on November 10th, 2017, I will do something I've never done before. I will buy a rap album. Now, those of you who know me well know that I'm a rock and roller, that I love metal, not a country fan. I'll, I'll listen to some jazz. I like all kinds of music, but metal is what moves me. And I don't own a single rap album. Well, unless you count Beastie Boys, but I never really thought of them as true rap. I don't know why. Are they rap? I don't know, but... When I say rap, I'm thinking like, you know, Run DMC, Digital Underground, Naz, Big E, those kinds of things. So, my friend, guy I interviewed earlier this year, by the name of Fitzy Mess, 0311 veteran, and now uh, trying to make it into the rap world. And he is dropping an album on the Marine Corps birthday. I just think it's badass. And I'm just absolutely motivated. It's totally awesome. So November 10th, I'm going to download that album and give it a listen. I'm going to have links in the blog post for this episode where you can uh, contact Fitz. Get the 411 on his album dropping. And if you're a Marine, I don't care if you listen to uh, New Age, I don't care if you listen to Polka, you owe it to yourself to spend the money and support this Marine who's trying this with no real 
record deal behind him or anything else. He's just getting it done. And I respect that. So by all means, go out there and get um, his album on November 10th like I'm going to. You won't miss it. All right. And now I'm going to move on to the word of the week. And as we know, the word flows from top to bottom and all around. And today I'm going to talk about my Marine Corps story. There we go. Adjust the mic a little bit. And last time we talked about leaving Shreveport, Louisiana on a jet plane. And going through Dallas and getting to San Diego and waiting in the USO. And today, I will talk about that thing that all people who try to be Marines do. Because it's almost Halloween. It's almost Halloween. People have monsters and scary things and things that go bump in the night that they're scared of. Well, I don't believe in monsters, but I certainly believe in the you know, pain and suffering when I met my first drill instructor. So, picking this up. We had uh, waited at the USO, and then we were put on the buses, like I said in in the last time I did this, part three. And we went to MCRD San Diego. And you have to understand, it's it's very late at night at this time. It's also, uh, you're changing time zones. And I thought we were going to get checked in, go to bed, get up at, you know, four o'clock in the morning and do our thing. So we get to the front gate, we roll through the front gate, we pull up, and all of a sudden, all hell breaks loose. It is absolute pandemonium, absolute chaos, absolute intensity. You're getting yelled at by what looks like a man who, you know, has his, you know, nether region in a vice or something. I mean, they're just ticked off. You're trying to get out of the bus, you're trying to do your thing, get your stuff, get out of the bus, make sure you have your little folder and you're lined up and, you know, there was that moment, that moment that that I, I will never forget where every Marine that, that earns the title of Marine stands on for the first time, the yellow footprints, your, your feet are at 10 and 2 and you stand there and the first thing you learn how to do is Stance position of attention and sound off. And we stand there and we stand there and we stand there. And then this guy comes and says, well, let's get started. And again, this was a long time ago for me. I don't know the exact sequence of events, but it went kind of like this. The first thing they did to us is take us in the intake. And they made sure we were actually who they we said we were. So... They uh, checked our paperwork and our identification, and then we got to go to the next part where we um, they went through all our civilian stuff and guys who had brought pictures and keepsakes and you know keys to their car were in for a rude awakening as most of their stuff was either thrown away or put into a bag and stored. I didn't bring anything. 
I, I brought the clothes on my back and my wallet with some money in it. That was it. Uh, I, I brought a pair of, 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 I had a pair of jeans, a t-shirt, and um, my boots, my work boots. That was it. I didn't even bring a pair of tennis shoes because uh, my recruiter told us, well, they have uh, these nice tennis shoes at their sneakers at the uh, depot top-notch no they were they were they were these ugly gray red and gold things they called them go fasters we did that and then we got uh taken to an induction area where this big huge black marine got up there and told us about how it was going to go down and then we got haircuts now i never was a one for long hair and uh didn't think much of it but there was a couple guys who shaved their heads. <laughs> they had to sit in the chair too, and, and, and that barber went over their hair with the clippers, and, and, and they were like red streaks. I mean, they, they drew blood sometimes. And, of course, to add insult to injury, we, I, had to pay for my haircut. And my hair was already short. I'd, I'd cut pretty short. Nope, I was bald. Bald, bald, bald. And, and at this time, it's like midnight. I'm thinking, okay, we're going to go to bed here sometime soon, right? We're going to bed sometime soon. Yeah, 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 we're going to bed sometime. No, we didn't go to bed. Uh-uh. The drill instructors march us out to um, the, the uniform supplier, whatever, and we had to draw our first initial gear. Um, what they call it, material for bedding. And then we went to these barracks and made the beds. And about two hours later, I'm trying to make hospital quarter. Edit that out. After two hours or so of trying to make hospital corners, they, uh, you know, made a stop. We thought we were done. No, we weren't done. Not even close to being done. They marched us out and around and played all kinds of little games with us. And at this time, it's like 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning and the sun's coming up. And I'm like, okay, this isn't funny anymore. Because as I said in the last episode, I, I didn't really sleep that night. I'd gotten up at uh, 0430 that morning and got taken to the airport where I waited and waited and waited. So I'd been up for effectively 24 hours. And I was not loving life at this time. And at this point, this is when we first got our taste of Marine Corps chow. They lined us up outside the chow hall. They told us how it was going to go down. And then they marched us through chow where these other, you know, recruits were throwing our plate full of food. We ate down, and we literally had, I don't know, it, it had to be like two minutes to eat everything on our plate. We, we went really, really fast. I mean, really fast to get this done. So, we did that, and, <coughs> oh man, I got this cough tonight. Yuck. Anyway, we, we after that, we did some other things, and the, the morning drags on, and it's harder and harder for me to pay attention it's harder and harder for me to do things and they keep throwing orders at you you know they're 
taking you to medical to get you checked out. They're doing your first batch of shots. You know, all this intake stuff in, in the first three or six hours that you're there that, that you have to do. And it sucked. It just absolutely sucked. And so we went to uh, Noon Chow and got Noon Chow, went back to our barracks and we're hanging out for a little while. I wouldn't say hanging out. What we had to do was sit there and we had our our knowledge and, and, and guys from that era will know that your knowledge is like this green camel backed book with all this information. We're going through that. When the drone sectors come back out, and these were not our DIs we had throughout boot camp. These were the in, induction DIs or, you know, induction platoon or whatever it is, right? And, and through all this, you have to understand we're doing marching drills and stuff like that, trying to get column right down, column left, which, you know, if you're not used to doing it, it kind of sucked. But it was drug test time. And I don't know how it's done now, but what they did to us is they told us, hey, we're going to have you guys pee in the cup. You just had chow. In about an hour, you're going to start peeing in the cup. And we had our little canteens there. They called them water bowls at the time. I, I never understood why they were called water bowls because they're they're not a bowl. They're, they're a can or a canister. But anyway, looking at the situation, I'm like, you know, nothing's going to suck worse if I get up there and can't do my business. So I'm going to get motivated and drink some water. And so for that hour, as, as long as the DI let me, I went up there and filled my little water canteen, water bowl, whatever you want to call it, and I drank. So sure enough, I didn't have a watch on, so I didn't know what time it was, but the DI looked at his watch and said, okay, time to make head calls. And they had the corpsman there and, you know, the other DIs watching you pee in the cup. And I went in there and peed in the cup. And I was done. I'd go sit down and chill out. I remember this clearly. I'm sitting there chilling out. But you had guys there that couldn't uh, go on demand, if you will. Right? And an hour and five minutes went by. It's like, yo, time for you to go. Hour and 10 minutes comes on. Who needs to go? Hour and a half, and the drill instructors are getting kind of uh, irritated. Because I can't remember how many people were there, but I would say at least there was at least 100 of us, 200 easy, in these rooms in, in this big squad bay. At least 100, because it was a squad bay. And they started rounding up who couldn't go to watch them because the thing is they, they can't let you go through if you pop positive on a, a urinalysis. You just can't do it. You're done. You came to Marine Corps boot camp or any boot camp high or with drugs in your system, you're, you're out, you're gone. And some people didn't make it, right? So they're thinking that these guys are just playing games. An hour and 45 minutes is when I'm like, okay, Travis, you are not in Kansas anymore. These guys, these drill instructors flipped out. And so what they did is they had, you know, there was like five of them who couldn't go at that time because it kept escalating, escalating, escalating. They're getting more and more pissed off. They're getting more and more upset. They're getting more and more intense. And I'm like, man, thank you. Thank you, God. I'm praying. Thank you, God. I went to the bathroom on time. 
Oh, Lord, thank you. And what they did was, is they made these guys drink until they threw up. And the most canteens I ever had to drink in the Marine Corps was in Yuma. And I think I drank three of them at a time. It was because the corporal was ordered to hydrate us. And some of our launcher crew didn't really want to drink their water. So we all had to drink. And most guys were done at two, two and a half. I got three. And then he was told to cut it out and, and the message got across. That's a different story for a different time. But these guys started literally puking their lunch up. You could see chunks of carrots and hot dogs or whatever come up. And they they throw up, right, all over the floor. And they make them fill their water bowls, their canteens back up, and keep drinking. And, and literally within, you know, 10 minutes of these guys doing this, getting yelled and screamed at, and I'm sitting there absolutely horrified that they're allowed to do this. I don't know if they still do it. I mean, I don't know, but this is what they did when I was in my first, you know, 18 hours there. Within 10 minutes, they'd all gone to the bathroom. And like I said, again, I, I just realized that, you know, Travis, you're not in Kansas anymore. You're just not in Kansas anymore. And then after that, it was it was a lot of uh, like talks about, you know, what the Marine Corps is, what you signed up for, what to do in case of a problem. You know, who's your, your you know, CO, certain things like that what's to be expected, so on and so forth. Again, this was not the real, actual boot camp experience starting yet. So the next thing that happened to me before I got to go to sleep is uh, they weighed me. And I weighed in uh, for Marine Corps boot camp at like 193 pounds, 195 pounds. And uh, they said I was overweight. And I'm like, what? What? And was told that I am a fat body and I need to lose 21 pounds before I can graduate boot camp. I had to weigh 175 or less. So they 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 said, you know what, you're going to weigh about 171 pounds by the time you graduate. And that's a different story. But uh, what they did was very effective. And they put us on the scale. If we did not meet the standard, they um, they got these uh, sweatshirts out and your your other shirts that you were issued during the clothing issue time with your platoon uh, stamped on them. And uh, you had to put a red line below and above your platoon number, which automatically identified you to any drill instructor, corpsman, officer, staff, and CO, that you were a diet recruit, you were a fat body, which uh, long story short meant that you got reduced rations and more work and that was its own deal of suckage so we did that in the afternoon we did some more drill we did some more pt we did some more drill we ate evening chow we did some more drill we did some more pt we did a classroom session we did another classroom session followed by more drill more pt and at 10 uh, o'clock that night 2200 hours we were secured to our racks that we had made 
earlier that morning, as in early, as in like four o'clock in the morning, we we're making our beds. And all I remember was falling asleep and then getting woke up for watch and then falling back asleep and then waking up, being told to get your stuff on, get ready to go out there and do our thing. And again, that's when I realized that, holy crap, I, I, I didn't want to go to college because college was too hard. So I'll do something smart. I'll join the Marine Corps. I'm like, what did I do? What did I do? This is insane. This is crazy. This is just, this is not even truly day one yet. They're just trying to see if we don't have any major problems before they get us into our uh, training platoons. And so, you know, I'm telling these boot camp stories because some of them are, there's funny stories. Every, every Marine, everybody in the military goes through some form of boot camp. My story is different than others. Some parts are the same, but uh, it was an interesting three months. Some of it I've forgotten, obviously. Some of it's just a small blip in your military career, but it's where it all started. So I'll do part five uh, either in November or December, and hope you enjoyed this one. So Pogan Grunt have weighed in with complaint this week. They are ticked off at people criticizing General Kelly for his response to the uh, Gold Star mother who President Trump allegedly did not offer the proper respect. And I'll tell you, I don't know. I wasn't there at the phone call. I don't know what was said. I I have a hard time believing it. Uh, I've seen some videos where he interacts with other service members, you know, off, off camera. There's no news cameras around and you know he's just being himself and he seems very gracious to our military regardless of what you think about him he's certainly been on record of giving great phone calls before so I'm not really sure but they really did not like uh, how General Kelly was uh, put out there one and then two the the criticism over over his response so you know, he's a no-nonsense guy, General Kelly. He's a Boston man, uh, born, bred, and raised. Loves his Marines. The Marines loved him who served for him. He certainly has his hands full. I, I would give anybody a pass having that job. I-, I couldn't do it. So I don't know if they have a valid complaint or not, but that's their complaint of the week. So moving on to the unit of the week. I haven't done this one in a while, but I thought this is a really good feel-good story. I really like this. And this goes out to um, the ABC story on Good Morning America about uh, this 95-year-old World War II veteran living in Minnesota, right? And he does these walks every day in Plymouth, Minnesota. I'll have the link in my uh, OscarMicroRadio.com blog post. And... Every day he goes for walks. Well, his his neighbors, people in the neighborhood, notice him getting old. Notice him getting on there in years and not moving as sprightly as before. And they started uh, putting out lawn chairs for him. Because he walks around this neighborhood twice a day. And I'm looking at his picture and I'm like, wow, for a 95-year-old man, I hope I look half that good at his age. 
But these people in the neighborhood noticed that he would get winded and tired trying to do his, you know, daily patrol twice a day. And they started putting out lawn chairs for him. And in the summertime, they make cookies for him and they'll make lemonade. And I just think it's, I think it's cool, man. I mean, it's just little things like that when you're surrounded by so much hate and anger that really shows you that people do care. And that there's good people out there wanting to take care of their own, wanting to uh, really do something special. And you're 95 years old and you, you want to enjoy, you know, these years of your life. And you're going around your neighborhood. Everybody knows who you are. Everybody enjoys seeing you. And in order to, you know, keep that happening, they put out a lawn chair in their yard for this guy so he can rest, talk to you, and get to know you. And I think in a world where we're all watching our phones and our tablets and our TVs, it's nice to know that there, there, there's still that capability to connect with people on a personal level. I just think it's cool. So my shout-out goes out to the people in uh, Plymouth, Minnesota. And the veteran's name is Harvey uh, Jeff, Jerf. It's D-J-E-R-F. I must say Jerf. Hopefully I get that right. But um, I hope you have some uh, more walks on you for a long time, sir. And thank you for your service. So Halloween's coming up. Very shortly, as daylight savings time is, and this is a great time of year to talk about uh, military stuff going on. And I hope that um, you guys will have a safe Halloween, and I will see you next week. This is Travis with OMR. We are out.